This episode of How I Built It is brought to you by two great sponsors. The first is our season-long sponsor. Liquid Web has been best known as a managed hosting company with tons of options. It's also designed a managed WordPress offering that is perfect for mission-critical sites. If you're looking for improved performance, maximized uptimes, and incredible support, Liquid Web is the partner you've been looking for. Every Liquid Web managed WordPress customer has iTheme Sync integrated into their managed portal, allowing them to update several sites with a single touch. Liquid Web hosts all of my critical websites and I couldn't be happier with them. If you sign up today, using the discount code HOWIBUILTIT33, you get 33% off for the next six months. Visit buildpodcast.net slash liquid to get started. That's buildpodcast.net slash liquid. It's also brought to you by Facet WP. Facet WP provides advanced filtering, also known as faceted search, to any WordPress site. It allows your customers to quickly find the content and products they're looking for. And if you are not familiar with faceted search or filtering, think of the last time you went to Amazon.com. You searched for something uh, like blankets, let's say, and then you are presented with all of the blankets that Amazon.com has to offer. And on the left-hand side, you have a bunch of filters where you can filter by maker, manufacturer, color, price, rating, and a whole bunch of other stuff. That is advanced filtering or faceted search. And I've used faceted WP on lots of different projects and I'm a huge fan of it. If you have a ton of content or a ton of products, Facet WP is the absolute best plugin to use to help your customers find what they're looking for. So head on over to buildpodcast.net slash facetwp today to see what it's all about. Our guest today is James Rose, uh, and we're going to be talking about a product that he just launched this week or last week. Uh, when we recorded it, the product was just in beta. It's called Content Snare, and if you are a freelancer, you will feel the pain of the problem that Content Snare is trying to solve. Uh, so we talk about all sorts of great stuff like design versus content first, uh, or uh, things like actually interviewing people for the product that you're developing, uh, writing copy and how hard that is, and a whole bunch of other things. I really, really enjoyed this interview. Uh, I met James through a, a recommendation of a friend, uh, and, and that's how we got him on the show. So I'm really excited to have this launch. Uh, and so have a listen. Uh, I think you'll get a lot of great information out of it. So without further ado, on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? Today, my guest is James Rose, and we're going to be talking about a project of his called Content Snare. James, how are you today? I am bloody good on this morning session over here. What time is it for you there? It is 6.25 in the afternoon, in the evening, uh, I guess, for me. Yeah, so I'm wrapping up my work day. You are uh, probably just getting started with yours, right? Literally just got into the, the co-working space I work from. <laughs> nice, very nice. So uh, for those of you who don't know uh, or can't hear it, James is reporting from, I actually didn't ask this before the show, but Australia? Yeah, of course. Brisbane, about halfway up on the cool, East Coast. Cool. Nice. Uh, I have a friend from Melbourne. Melbourne? Yes. Yeah, 
Mel Bourne, as some of you guys would say. Uh, yeah, you, she, you did a very good job of that. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, she made it very clear to me that it's not Melbourne. Melbourne yeah. is in Florida. I live in Melbourne, <laughs> Florida. Yeah. So. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, so we'll be talking all about your product contents there. So why don't we uh, start things off by uh, you letting us know who you are, what you do, and what contents there is. Cool. Well, I, uh, I'm James, obviously. So we co-founded a software development business in about 2010. I was an engineer at the time. Just kind of sick of working for the man, and and we started a little business with my manager at the time, who's now my co-founder and other director. And that was in SEO. I don't know if you remember, like um, articles spinning. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a dodgy SEO content technique. All the products at the time kind of sucked, and um, we decided we could do one better, and that's kind of where we cut our teeth and learned how to market things because we were pretty bad at it for about four years. <laughs> yeah, so that that was the start, and then we got into website building websites for clients because everyone um, everyone seemed to have stories of shonky web developers. Like everyone had a story about getting screwed over. So we thought, you know, why don't we just do this and not screw people over? I'm sure we'll, um, we'll, you know, make a good business out of it. And then we kind of always wanted to get back into software at some point. And that's when, you know, during the process of building websites, we noticed a few bottlenecks and the biggest one by far was content, getting content out of clients. So that's basically how the idea started. And yeah, now we're, we've actually, we went beta uh, two days ago, which is why this week sucks. Uh, it's very, very busy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and basically it's a way to help automate the process of getting content out of your clients and like a central place to put all that content so that, you know, you're not chasing up multiple emails and getting these like Google Docs or Word Docs or whatever back with like, red instructions in italics mm -hmm. that say please link this word to the about page you know just all <laughs> that this is the crap you see over and over yeah, and yeah. over <laughs> uh so yeah we're trying to help eliminate that a little bit that's excellent for a lot of reasons then so spoken like a, like a true veteran of the field right so <laughs> you get it back in whatever format is best for the client which is great but uh inconsistent and then i end up losing things in email but the other is that uh, it's very hard to get content out of clients, and most designers will tell you that you should have the content at the start so that they know what they're designing. Absolutely, like that's a you know, there's a I guess a little bit of debate around that, like design first or content first. Yeah. People do one or the other, but I like I I like to think that content first is a good idea, and. You know, that's kind of why I like the concept of this. You know, like my project manager is hitting me up for content snare every other day. She's like, is it ready yet? Is it ready yet? <laughs> uh, you know, for this reason, because it's just, you know, if you can get that content first, it makes the build so much easier. And if you, the, the idea is that you'd be able to set this onto your clients, you know, say all the content, content you need, sort of do your, you might do your wireframe or you might do a, mm -hmm. you know, a little strategic or planning stage box out all the content that you need or plan it out and then just send it to the client and, and not worry about it until it all comes back, you know, where you get a copywriter in or whatever. But that's kind of, that's how we intend to use it, mm -hmm. you know, so that when that, that notification comes back and it says that, uh, you know, all the content's ready, that's when the, the website goes into the build queue. And we don't even, we, we say to clients, you know, until you get us content back, that's, you're not going to be in the queue, right? We're not promising any dates until you get right. us the content. 
Yeah, and it's it's great because they can actually see their progress, right? It's, Indeed, yes. Yeah, that's excellent. And then and then on top of that, the project isn't waiting on content at the end, so you'll launch faster and invoice faster, and hopefully get paid faster. So that's the plan. Very cool. So this is the first maybe type of product that focuses on this. Before you built content, now did you do any uh, research to see if there was other things out there? Yeah, we did. We did find one. Well, I don't know, there's a few out there that kind of do bits and pieces of what we're trying to do. None seem to fit the workflow very well. But yeah, we did a, we did a lot of research. The funny thing is I'm still finding things that you could kind of use. Like someone, mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time in Facebook groups and someone posted one the other day that was kind of almost built for this. You know, like you send a, a little request to a client with a couple of fields and, you know, they fill it out and send it back. But it, it was more made for like small requests, you know, not like trying to build a whole website. And we actually, yeah. yeah and, I, and I mean, I used a product like this a couple of years ago called, I think it was Squirrel or something. It shut down now, but my bookkeeper used to use it. That's how I found out about it. And um, he's actually interested in content snare. So, it, I mean, to, to be able to get information back from his clients about bookkeeping, you know, so yeah, we, we talked to so many people. I mean, that that was the biggest research phase was actually interviewing people because the idea sort of was a little bit different in the beginning. It was more of like a briefing tool and then content was like an afterthought. But I interviewed 15 designers locally and every single one of them focused on content being their biggest problem. So that's kind of, we pivoted before we even started there. And yeah, so that was probably the biggest research. And then it was, yeah, you know, just looking around for other products we did find a few similar things and then i mean i don't know if you count this as research but throwing up a landing page and and trying to get word out right yeah yeah you know that was the most important thing and it's with every software with any business you're going to launch trying to somewhat validate it before you build it and just the language people were using when they signed up because we had like a little survey after they sign up that says you know um, what's the main reason you signed up today which is one of the best things we ever did if that's one thing people take away from this, that's like, that's it. Because those people have basically written my copy for me. I know, <laughs> like, I know the language to use. I know, like, just, I know what their biggest problems are because they described them right there after they put their email in. Yeah. And that's been, that's been amazing. So yeah, re- the research I would say is is that box and, and the interviews. Man, that's great. That's that was like a, a mini masterclass in launching a product <laughs> idea. Like, uh, talk to people that you intend to sell to, and ask why people are signing up for your for updates or your mailing list. Because that's I have the hardest time writing copy, and it's it's mostly because what I have in my head for my target audience is. Just in, in my head, right? So I haven't, I, you know, I need to hash these ideas out with people I actually plan to market to. So that's, that is great advice, right? At the yeah. beginning, we're like, yeah. like, and you're right. Yeah. Copy is so hard. Yeah. <laughs> Copy is so, so hard. It's taken me years to get kind of mediocre at it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so that's, that's great. And, and content is hard too, which is probably why it takes clients longer to get it to us. But with this tool, hopefully it helps them move the process along. Yeah. Cool. So you just talked about interviewing designers and, and the, the people that you view as your target audience. Do you have any uh, contemporaries you talk to, people in your field or maybe outside your field for business advice and direction and things like that? 
Yeah, I mean, we've done like business coaching courses. Like I recently just did, um, I don't know if you know, James Shremko. Just came off. No, he's an Australian marketer. He's he's quite big here, but um, he runs a, a membership type area, and then he's got a high level mastermind. And we just did a a coaching thing with him called Silver Circle, which was really beneficial. So, I mean, I I do value that whole you know spending money to get better guidance and stuff because you know sometimes it's good to just have people outside your uh, you know use outside of your own head, you know. To, yeah. to, to bounce ideas off and stuff. And I do a, um, a sort of just a little private mastermind with some friends that I met at a tropical think tank, Chris Ducker's event. Nice. nice. And uh, yeah, so we catch up once a week and you know, that that's pretty much it. Uh, obviously co-working space where I am right now helps, you know, to just to whether it's just ranting at people. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That like, that's pretty much it. Other you know, and now we've got the Facebook group with um mm-hmm. with fuller web designers so they're the ones that give us the feedback on you know internal stuff like the actual product yeah that's that's great so did you kind of like a sidebar did you did you find it hard to build that facebook group or was it pretty easy to get people to just like sign up for the group you know what i i went into it with no expectations i thought it was going to be incredibly difficult to build because i know people that have done it now <laughs> like a friend of mine did one locally like a small small business Brisbane group and mm-hmm. his description of it was he was the only man out on the dance floor dancing for the first you know <laughs> five months and he's just sort of sitting there boogieing away by himself before finally some other people started jumping in so I was kind of like this is going to be hard <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but we had an email list at the time of maybe four or five hundred like it wasn't huge but okay we emailed them to get this sort of initial little crew and then it also goes into our email autoresponder so i listened to janet murray's podcast who's a lady i met uh she's in pr english english lady really big following and she's good at like you know massive facebook group popular podcast all that sort of stuff and she says that just everything you should have should just focus on getting people into the group you know not trying to I don't know, get them to like your Facebook page or follow you on Twitter. Just pick one thing and go for it. And that was one of the best things we did. So in a, you know, email order, like the, the second email that goes out after they sign up, it mentions the group and says, this is where you can join. Uh, you know, it says why they should join, you know, benefits, all that sort of stuff. And now it's at the bottom of every blog post. So when they get to the bottom of a blog post, which is we're pretty, going pretty hard on content marketing, it says, get some free advice and join the community, blah, blah, blah. And it just comes in waves. Like we got, I think, 30 signups overnight that I've got to go wow. through and check and remove the spam ones and all that. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're about 650 now. And it's only been going for three or four months. So it's it's surprised wow. me. Yeah. Yeah. I guess if if you build it into your process like that, so everyone mm-hmm. sees it, like, I think that's key. Yeah, that's great. And, and that's uh, like another thing, like it's – it feels like, you know, kind of where we've got information overload. Nothing's really like an, nothing should be an afterthought. If you want to do this thing, you need to work it into your plan and, you know, incorporate it in such a way that you can't just be like, hey, I made this. Join it. Right. Because people are inundated yeah. with stuff like that. So, And I think you have to you also have to provide value. So that's one thing I forgot. Like yeah. I, I'm always looking for the best resources for web designers that I post in there constantly. And, you know, like my friend said, I'm sometimes I'm the only man on the dance floor, you know, <laughs> but then sometimes a bunch of people join in and we have these discussions, you know, posting engaging questions or, you know, daily themes, you know, like 
Mondays, like, what do you need help with this week? Uh, you know, and a little post nice. goes in there automatically and stuff. So trying to get people engaged is, yeah, that's the big thing. It's not just getting them in there. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's uh, another great piece of advice there. So switching from uh, kind of the marketing community building mm. stuff to the title question, right? So you mentioned mm-hmm. that you, you're an engine, you were an engineer yes. before this, right? So why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, how you built it? If you, if you actually had like hands on keyboard coding or some of the <laughs> methodologies for managing a team or, or, or whatever you want to talk about here. Yeah. So I had a lot of help in this from my business partner. He he handled most of the tech side of things from this. This is actually our first project where that's been the case. I've normally managed the team or the development team and sort of a bit of marketing. <laughs> but this time we, we sort of had very clearly defined roles to make it easier. But I can still tell you how we built it. And um, yeah. so we, we already had a software development team because we do uh, custom web applications and SaaS products for people. So we were kind of lucky there. I mean, as far as hiring goes, I think this is one thing we've done well compared to a lot of sort of remote hiring, you know, like they'll just put a job up on Upwork and with a, Mm -hmm. you know, a a vague post and get a, you know, 90 responses in the first 10 minutes, which is shocking. But yeah, I think if you can write a really good job post, that's where it starts is getting the right developers. You know, if you write, you got to write a really good job post that makes sure only the best people come through. And then filter them and test them, you know, like I think the most important step is is the testing. So, you know, having a small project that might only take a day for them to do and paying them for it because, you know, paying someone a couple hundred bucks to build something versus, you know, a $10,000 mistake, which we've had before, right. you know, paying the wrong developers to do something. Yeah. So if you can spend a couple of grand on testing five people or something, you know, it, it just, it's so worth it in the long run. Uh, once you get those good developers and then finding, you know, they might have friends or referrals because the best guys often work with other best guys. So that's yeah, how we, yeah. yeah. And that's how we found our UX guy. He's, he's best mates with, um, with our lead developer. So, you know, we brought him in, we got the UX done, uh, and then we built the actual tool. And as for the tools that you asked, yeah, it's built in a uh, Ruby on rails backend, no. uh, or sorry, rails API backend. Mm-hmm. And Angular two front end. Nice. So did you start doing this in Angular one, or did you know far enough in advance that you'd be doing Angular two? Ah, <laughs> uh, we did know far enough in advance, okay. <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people have issues with that. Like, they, it's like yeah. a whole other language. You shouldn't even call it <laughs> Angular anymore, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that's because we we actually use Angular with our clients as well. So we um. We did, we have a sort of cross-skilled, you know, we've got our, our lead developer at the time didn't really know Angular, but he's been very willing to learn, right? Because it's, you know, why not? It's another skill to add to his um, set. So, you know, we've he's been learning and sort of developing at the same time and along with the rest of the team. So we, we've only, we only had four developers on this for most of it, um, two front end, two back end. Yeah. Just to try and get it out quickly, you know, it could have been, we could have yeah. done with less, but we had everyone on our back to get this done. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when so you you mentioned that you're managing a remote team, is that right? Mm-hmm. So what are some of the tools that you use for that? You know, I, at Crowd Favorite we use you know like GitHub and Git issues, but we have mm-hmm. other things to like track hours and client facing tools and things like that. So I'm always curious to hear what other people are using to manage their kind of remote teams. For sure, I mean. The, the, we're slightly different because we're almost two businesses in one. Like we still do. We've got another 
a business which do like WordPress, basic WordPress development, like really basic stuff, not like yeah, what yeah. you guys do at Crowd Favorite. <laughs> and that's that team's all in the Philippines and it's pretty much run with different project tools and all that. So I'll focus on the, the software side of things for now, like Content Snare and the web app dev. We use uh, Jira. Okay. Part of me wants to say, unfortunately, because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate the interface so much. But luckily, I don't have to go in there much anymore. The, yeah. the team sort of have their own, you know, we've got pretty strict processes in there for now feature development and testing that my business partner built in, you know. So if they move some code into done or whatever, like a feature into done, it runs its automated tests and then it kicks off a peer review and and then the, like we, we normally have a client testing stage, but we're obviously our own client for content snare. So then my business partner will check the feature and then that's only when it gets rolled in. So gotcha. that's, that's, I guess, project management structure. We use Bitbucket for the, cause it, you know, plays so nice with Jira. Yeah, obviously. Jira right. yeah I think, I think they have some Confluence stuff set up as well for documentation. But the one thing that's a bit different than most companies is we don't use Slack. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. That so. is different. That is different from most companies. <laughs> we, we actually use a Slack competitor called Glip, and we randomly stumbled onto them uh, because the reason it, it, it came down to it really is because we, we had to pay for Slack because we um, we had, had, I mean, it's like restrict channel access or something like that right. to a couple of people, which meant we had to pay for everybody. And it instantly went from like nothing to, you know, it's 150 US a month or something right, across yeah. our teams. And it was just kind of like, really? Like, <laughs> I know like in hindsight now, that's really not that, you know, probably something I should worry about. But that forced us to find Glip and it's actually really cool. Like it does a lot of the same stuff Slack does. I mean, it misses do not disturb, which is kind of a critical feature for us, but mm-hmm. it does some really cool stuff like being able to add tasks into channels. So if you want to, so you can, it's got like a sidebar where you can add tasks and events and stuff like that. And they, they're always there, uh, you know, where you don't lose them in the chat like you do with Slack. Nice. So that, yeah, I think that's pretty much it as far as tools go. I mean, we're deploying on Heroku because it's easiest to get set up in the beginning, you know, rather than trying to have to get sysops people and all that sort of stuff involved. Yeah. I think that's. That's about it. There's definitely some other tools in there, like, you know, the stuff the UX guy uses to, to show, I think it was called Zeppelin or something for like proofing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like there's all these like small tools here and there, but that's the major stuff. Cool. Well, that's that's awesome. I'm definitely going to check out Glip, uh, which I just did some Googling while you were talking. It looks like it's owned <laughs> by Ring Central, which is something yes. that we also use at Crowd Favorite. So, oh, cool. Uh, very cool. Yeah. So awesome. So I know that uh, at the time of this recording, you are just into beta, so I don't know how many transformations your product has gone through as just launching, but maybe you could talk about a little bit about, I know you mentioned what you had in your head is a little bit different from what became beta, so maybe we could talk about that as well as where it's going uh, in, in the near future. Yeah, for sure, and then that pretty much is it. I mean, there's this pretty major transformation there, like I had this whole thing planned out in my head that after you know the first sort of six or seven discussions i was like hmm. you know they're definitely not talking about this as much as, as that's something i didn't mention before too is not guiding people in those initial chats you know like i had this idea in my head that i wanted to do briefing but i'm not i didn't focus on briefing i said tell me your process of your whole website you know and then found out where they sort of focused on and sort of dug in and 
to work out where the pain was. You know, if I just went in there and said, oh, do you need help reefing things? You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would have been a totally different outcome uh, from those chats. So that instantly we ended up with this new idea. Well, not new idea, but slightly tweaked, which turned into content snare. So it was a massive transformation before we wrote one line of code, you know, or even did the UX. Yeah, that's great. And that's so important, right? Cause oh, I mean, yeah. You can, just, you can just walk up to anybody and be like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Would you use this? Yeah. yeah, I'd use it. Sure. Like, uh, like that's not that's the least helpful feedback I think that you could probably get. Besides, it's not working. Yeah, absolutely. And they and they're not going to be honest with you a lot of the time, too. You know, like the until money's involved, most people, you know, right. oh, sure, sure, I'll use it. So that was another big thing we did as a pre-launch when we had about four hundred and fifty maybe people on the email list. We asked for. Like it was a huge discount. I think it was 60 bucks for a whole year of access just to see if people were willing to put money down, you know, money back guarantee if you don't like it and all that sort of stuff. Right, right. But we sold out really quickly. And that was probably the next big, I mean, that was a transformation, but in my mind, you know, where we've gone, you know, people are willing to put money down for this, which I think is a critical step. A lot of people don't do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's people, myself included, are so concerned with, rushing it to market you want to be the first one there but you know i ended up putting all this work into a create a blog with wordpress course and it's not popular at all <laughs> but you know like my beaver builder course which i kind of built not on kind of on a whim is the most popular course on my website so wow i didn't know i'm gonna need to look at that because i've been asking around for beaver builder training for my wordpress team for <laughs> to bring you nice. guys in man i'm gonna need that for sure <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. And that's, that's the most popular one. So, you know, talking to your users and getting feedback early on and getting them to put that, mm. you know, um, the money where their mouth is, is, is really important. Oh, totally. Like, I mean, that's why, that's why crowdfunding exists too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And your other question was the future. Well, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's basically just, Continuing with this beta, like I said, it launched two days ago. So we're just getting the feedback, getting feature requests and getting bug reports and all that sort of stuff and just dealing with it. So we've got, I think, I think the first cohort's only about 35 people, which not all have signed up yet. So then it'll just be a matter of making sure we're comfortable with no major issues, then getting the next cohort in, which will probably be another hundred or so. And then gradual rollouts until we're ready to actually put a billing system in and, and make it happen, right? Hope you know, sooner the yeah. better. It's just gonna be gauged by how many issues we find. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's that's awesome. Well, uh, good luck with that. It sounds like a great product and it sounds like you're you're doing the rollout right. Thank you. So the the last question so I actually didn't tell you this before we started recording, but <laughs> uh, I had the last question and then for season three I, I added like a fast five. So Okay. <laughs> uh, this is this is like the bonus round of questions here. So my sure. favorite question to ask is is do you have any trade secrets for us? Yeah, I mean you're gonna be pretty bored <laughs> with this one, but um, have a product that people actually want. My God, like th this is the problem I see most people having. Right? They create these like it's like a cool idea in their minds, but they've done literally no validation. You know, people that have built a product and don't have any emails yet, you know, like, or they haven't been talking about it in the right circles, haven't been doing anything. They like, the, right. no one has said they even want it. And then, you know, like we talked about before, people say they want things and then they never actually sign up. So it's just, 
Validation is the absolute, like it's never hundred percent validated, right? Like we could have people that just threw 60 bucks away and, and whatever, but, and didn't really care about it that much, but it's still better than building a product where you haven't even talked to anyone. <laughs> if, yeah, if you, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you get that feedback, like, like for us, it was really obvious that people wanted and need this just from the way they talk about it. If people are wishy-washy about it, they probably don't want it or need it. And you probably shouldn't build it. You know, it's like right, the yeah. biggest mistake. It's, just, it's kind of sad. I just see it all the time. Oh, we've done it. We've done the exact same thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You get excited about something, then you go off and build it first before. Mm. And at the very least, if it is something that other people might want, it's going to take you. You're probably not going to see an immediate return on your investment, right? People don't. It very rarely does it happen now where you launch a project without really promoting it and then it makes a bunch of money on the first day like oh hell no it doesn't happen at all (laughs) (laughs) so that that is great advice and i think it's advice a lot of people want to hear especially programmers a lot of developers listen to this podcast and i've got like a list of plugins that i want to write that i think could be commercial Mm. and and viable but I could spend 10 or 15 or or 30 hours developing it to nothing, or I can ask around and see if actually people would want to pay for it. And you've got that network and audience. So that's the other thing too, you know, like I've seen audience first instead of product first. Like I've seen so many people have a no business, you know, and they had an audience that they'd built up through like Instagram or something, you know, just by posting silly stuff or like, I don't know. And they've got an audience of people that follow them. And then through that, they were able to switch on a business in like two months, you know, because they had the people there that are, that they could, they were willing to give them money. So I think audience, audience first is, that's why we did the Facebook group. That's great. That is, uh, that's a lot of great advice there. So thank you for that. And now, so this is relatively new. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't know how I'm going to like intro it or incorporate it. If it's just going to be like at the end or whatever, but sure. this is, I'm calling it the fast five until I get sued by uh is it universal studios uh for fast and the furious so Ah. um yeah (laughs) so here we go uh just give me the first four uh give me your gut reaction your gut answer Uh, and then the last one is is a little bit more in depth if you'd like to so all right uh so number one what's your favorite book oh was it rework rework by the guys at 37 signals yeah yeah very nice love that book yeah I'll link that in the show notes. I think that's like up. That, I think that's free now, isn't it? On the internet. I actually have no idea. One? Yeah. Okay. Well, ne- sorry. I'm gonna do a second one. <laughs> never yeah, split yeah, go the, for it. Never split the difference. All right. I don't know that one. So. Oh, it's so good. Knows. So good. It's for nice. negotiations, but it also mixes it up with stories of like FBI hostage negotiations and stuff. It's oh. Super cool, man. Super cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm <laughs> definitely gonna check that one out. Nice. What kind of music do you like to listen to? Uh, alternative and fairly heavy, pretty much. Yeah, like um, I don't know what some examples are. Like maybe "Bullet for My Valentine" <laughs> and a Treyu. Oh man, <laughs> I like I like ruined the CD uh, that had "Tears Don't Fall" on it. Like, I oh wow, that song. Yeah, <laughs> my sister loves that song. Actually, I think she introduced <laughs> me to it. Nice, that's awesome. Very cool. Uh, what's your favorite food? Uh, buffalo chicken wings. Buffalo chicken wings. Have you ever been to Buffalo, New York? I have not. Nice. They have like next a whole summer. wing fest in August. So. Damn. All right. That's yeah. no, August is when my next USA trip is, clearly. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> uh, hit me up. I'm, I'm in the general area. Oh, um, cool. Awesome. Who is your favorite sports team? 
That's a that's a rubbish question. I don't do sports. <laughs> no, if I had to say, uh, dude, I lo- I don't do teams, so I have uh, I like snowboarding. So pretty much just we don't know any winter sports really that I like. I like watching. Let's go, Tora nice. Bright. She's an Aussie snowboarder. Nice, nice, very cool. That's cool. the The first person I asked this to was uh, Chris Badgett from Lifter LMS, and oh, yeah. uh, his answer was a fella who does the Iditarod. So. Already, like, we right, like, just, like, threw off the, you know, I got, like, Utah Jazz and, like, the Red Sox, but yeah. first answer was I did a rod, so I'm like, this is a great nice. question. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean I didn't mean to call your question rubbish. I mean, it's a rubbish question for me, because <laughs> no, I'm just I, so not I a under- person. I understand completely. I, I, again, I'm a New Yorker, so yeah, I've been, uh, I'm spoiled by good, like, very good sports teams, so I, I love the Yankees, yeah, and I, I love the Giants, so cool. Uh, and the the last question, it's pretty open-ended, so pick a topic. How did you learn what you know? So this could be like running a business, writing content, programming, whatever you want to go with. Oh, doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's all, like I was just trying to think of everything. Like when I was an engineer, uh, you know, you do four years of uni or whatever, and then you go into the field and you don't know a bloody thing, and you – get thrown into the deep ends and you have to learn stuff on the job and and work it out and ask people. And, you know, so that was it doing it. And then, you know, when we started a business, we had no idea how to market things. You know, I'd read a lot of stuff. doesn't mean by reading, you don't learn copywriting. So you just had to write and write and try to sell. And, you know, I look back at my, as everyone does, you look back at your original copy and you're like, holy crap, what was I thinking? Like, this is <laughs> shocking. <laughs> so just lots and lots of doing it, man. Same as programming. We just, our first software product, we didn't know how to write code. In, well, not in C Sharp anyway. And, and yeah. so we just learned C Sharp with Stack Overflow. Basically. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's always That's... just doing it, man. Awesome. Learn by doing. I love it. Mm. I say that all the time. Uh, my courses focus on that too. Just like we're going to build a thing with this instead of like talking oh. about like high level concepts. So yeah, best strategy. Uh, That's good. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Well, James, thank you so much for your time. This was a great conversation. I had a lot of fun. Thank you. I think I went a bit over your uh, time. That's okay. We can, uh, <laughs> we can edit and, and splice right. together and, cool. and, and you know, some bonus minutes cause there was a lot of great advice there. So sure. So much great information there. A conversation that I wish I had before I launched WP in one month because there's a lot of information there that I definitely could have used before launching WP in one month. So thanks again, James. Uh, I hope the launch for uh, Content Snare is going well. I also hope that you were able to come out to the United States this month to check out Wingfest in Buffalo. Uh, so everybody listening out there, uh, the, the best way for people to discover the podcast is to rate it and review it on iTunes. The better the ratings are, uh, the higher that it ranks uh, in iTunes and the better chance there will be of people finding it. So uh, head over to iTunes, give us a rating and a review. Uh, Be honest about it. I want to make the show better and I want it to be great. So I really appreciate your time in the matter. Uh, And until next time, get out there and build something.